Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grace and peace to each of you. Welcome to the online worship service this week for the Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I would like to remind all of you that we will be having communion at the end of our service, so be sure that you grab your communion elements and have them ready to go as we join together for Holy Communion here in just a little bit. I would also like to remind all of you to Please make sure that you are checking out the Spark newsletter that came out last week. There is a lot of important information in there and announcements and also just wonderful reading and information for you in the newsletter. Of course, the biggest thing is in there, in there is our plan to return to in-person worship. We will be returning to in-person worship on Ash Wednesday and then continuing our normal worship schedule through Lent. The plan for Ash Wednesday is that at 5 p.m. we will have a service at Dutton UMC and then at 7 p.m. on Ash Wednesday we will have a service here in the Shoto UMC. The regular Sunday worship schedule following that is that Brady meets on the first and third Sundays every month at 9 a.m. Dutton meets on the second and fourth Sundays every month at 9.15 and then every Sunday, we worship in the Shoto UMC at 11 o'clock. All of you are invited to, joining, to join us, whether it be in person or online. We will continue to have our online services available indefinitely. I don't see that ever ending. And whether you are worshiping with us in person or online, we are grateful to have you join us and hope that you continue to do so. At this time, I would also like to say thank you to the Dutton United Methodist Women for the wonderful food that I hope many of you are enjoying this Sunday. The ribs, the coleslaw, beans, rolls, and dessert have been a wonderful, wonderful way for all of us to enjoy Super Bowl Sunday and to support the United Methodist Women of Dutton. So thank you to all of you who had a part in planning and preparing and cooking and everything that went on to make that happen. And thank you to all of you who placed orders and supported them as well. And now I would officially like to begin our worship service and invite all of you to join me as we praise and sing to God. Sing loud. You're in your home. Sing like no one's watching because I don't think that they are. <laughs> so. Let's join together in our opening hymn.
at this time we join together to celebrate the joys and then the concern and sorrow that we lift up together as a parish. This week I ask that you continue to hold those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. It is of course a difficult time for them and I ask that you continue to hold them in your prayers. I also ask that you continue to hold those in your prayer who are going through health issues, whether it be COVID or non-COVID. I do know of several people in our congregation who have been battling some health issues, and I just ask that you continue to pray for them. Of course, a joy that we celebrate this week is the wonderful rib dinner. And again, I thank all of you for supporting the Dutton United Methodist Women and everyone who had a part in preparing the ribs and planning for the dinner. I know that that is a lot of work, but we definitely appreciate your wonderful, wonderful meal. I would also like to ask this week that you lift up the local businesses that are in and around our communities. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, every week I'm going to be asking you to pray for a different organization. And this week, the local businesses have really been on my heart and mind. I've seen several of them sharing new creative ways that they are trying to make their services and food available for us, but we have to continue to support them. And I know when I think of what life would be like in a small town without these local businesses, it's hard to imagine. And we definitely appreciate all of the businesses that we do have in town. And I just pray that you continue to Think of supporting them and that you continue to hold the business owners in your prayers as they continue to get creative with the things that they are doing for us. At this time, I invite you to join me for this prayer hymn, to settle into your space, invite the spirit into your heart, and to prepare your mind and your entire being for an attitude of prayer. Yeah. 
I invite each of you to take a few moments for your own silent prayer and meditation here in just a moment, and then we will join together for the pastoral prayer. We will be joining together for the Lord's Prayer later on when we celebrate communion together. So at this time, um, I would invite you to just take a few moments for your own silent prayer and meditation and then join me in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this week as we join together, I ask that you please be with those who need your healing hand. The ones who are facing health issues, the ones who are struggling with mental, emotional, or spiritual needs. I ask that you be with them, that you give them comfort and peace, and that you heal them in all of the ways that they need healing. Lord, this week I also pray for the families who are grieving loved ones. May your arms be wrapped around them. May they feel your presence. And may they find peace in knowing that their loved ones are with you. Lord, this week I pray for the businesses that are in our communities for the wonderful services that they provide for us, for the essential goods that they offer. Lord, I pray for the business owners, that they may continue to have the financial means that they need to provide for their families, to keep their businesses going. And I pray for those of us who support the local businesses, that we may remember how important these businesses are to our communities and remember to shop locally. Lord, this week I also pray for those who might be going through struggles that they do not say out loud. I pray for broken friendships, broken relationships, and broken hearts. I pray for situations, personal situations in those people's lives, that they need reconciliation with you and with others. And I just ask that you will continue to be at work in their lives, that they may see you, that they may find the forgiveness that their hearts need, and that they will find love through it. Lord, I pray all of this in your name. We thank you for hearing our prayers, those that we say aloud and those that we keep to ourselves. And we give you thanks for your everlasting love. Amen. This week, we continue on with our Dr. Seuss sermon series, and I hope that you enjoy another fun Dr. Seuss story and message relating to it. I do want to give you all a little heads up that throughout Lent, we will be starting a new, a new sermon series. It is called Easter Earthquake, and it reminds us how 
Sometimes the ground that we stand on, we still is very sturdy and strong. It's something that we can depend on. But there's earthquakes in our life that shake things up. And throughout Lent and continuing on through Easter, we will be looking at several of these situations in our life and the way that we can turn to God and rely on God and the ways that God gets us through all of these earthquakes in our life. And now for the message. Hello everyone, my name is Julie King and I am the pastor at the United Methodist Churches in Shoto, Brady, and Dutton, Montana. I'm very excited to continue on with our Dr. Sue sermon series this week. Before I get to the story that I've chosen for this week, I would like to begin with our scripture reading. I have two short scripture readings this week. Both of them come from the Gospel of Matthew. The first is Matthew 23, verses 11 through 12. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The second reading comes from Matthew 6, it's verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The story that I have chosen for this week is one of, I think, the less known Dr. Seuss sermon series, or Dr. Seuss stories, excuse me, but it is still a very wonderful story nonetheless. We are looking this week at Bartholomew and the Ooblek. If you are a science teacher or enjoy science with your kids, you might be familiar with making oobleck. I taught preschool for a while and oobleck was one of the favorite things that we got to do with the preschool kids. It's so slimy and it's so fun for them to play with. If you need the recipe for that, you can find it on Google. But as I thought about the story for this week, I was reminded of a story that I read quite a while back. It was in a Reader's Digest. And in the story, there was a man who had decided he was going to order some pizza and he wanted it delivered. Something I think all of us have done, right? But he decided to go online to their website and use the create your own feature that was on their website. He wasn't really interested in any of the specialty pizzas that they offered. He wanted this pizza exactly how he wanted it. So he ordered it with his favorite crust, extra sauce, extra cheese, light on the olives, extra pineapple, and he threw in some, pie, some pepperoni and some Canadian bacon. And as it does with all delivery orders, his doorbell rang, he went up, he paid for his order, answered it, took the pizza inside, and then he went into his kitchen. When he opened his box, he instantly was absolutely furious. There was nothing there except for a blank pizza crust 
nothing else on it, just pizza crust. So of course, he immediately calls the restaurant and asks to speak directly to a manager. And he says, hey, I just got my pizza order and it came with no toppings, no sauce, no cheese, only the crust. The lady on the other line, she says, oh, I am so sorry to hear of this. We will get it fixed right away and get a new pizza out to you. And he says, fixed? I don't, I do not want it fixed. I should not only get a free pizza to get what I ordered, but I should also get a refund for this. This is absolutely absurd. It is not what I, oh wait, never mind. I am so sorry. It, it appears that I opened my pizza box upside down. Can you imagine how he felt? Yikes. <laughs> this week, we are taking a look at Bartholomew and the Ublek. In this Dr. Seuss story, it's all about a king. King Derwin of the Kingdom of Did. And King Derwin, he had a little bit of a problem admitting that he was wrong, ever. No matter what it was, he had a hard time admitting that he was wrong. And he also had a little bit of a problem with being content with what he had. He always wanted more and more. And it seems that in the story, he had grown angry with, of all things, to be angry about the sky. Every year, just like our own sky that we experience in the spring, rain was produced. In the summer, of course, there was sunshine. And then every autumn, there would be fog. And in the winter, snow fell. But these four seasons, had completely lost their luster for the king. In fact, he was so completely bored with them that he wanted something new. Bartholomew, he tries to tell the king that powerful though as he was, the sky is just one thing that he can't rule. But the king would not take no for an answer. And so he called on his magicians to take care of the problem against Bartholomew's advice, and they gave him a wish that would come true the next day. Instead of rain, snow, fog, or snow, for one day and one day only, there would be a new substance that would come down called oobleck. The next day, sure enough, as promised, the oobleck began falling down. The king was overjoyed, elated, you could say, so elated that he actually decides to make the day its own holiday. But then some problems start to arise. The king had ordered the bell ringer of the kingdom to ring the bell because it was a holiday. But it wouldn't ring because it was covered in sticky green stuff, the oobleck. Then a robin ends up getting stuck in her nest in the story and the trumpeter could not sound the alarm because the trumpet was clogged with the oobleck. 
the oobleck had sounded like it was a really, really great idea. But it caused a lot more trouble than it was worth because it quite literally gummed up the entire kingdom. Wise Bartholomew tries to tell the king that he can put an end to all of this mess if he would just say two little magic words. Magic words that I think we're probably all familiar with. I'm sorry. But like many of us, the king just could not do it. He was too mighty, too proud to ever admit that he was wrong. So then Bartholomew looks at him straight in the eyes and he says, you might be a mighty king, but you are sitting in Ublik up to your chin. And so is everyone else in your land. And if you would just say that you're sorry, it would go away. But because you won't say you're sorry, you are no sort of king at all. Finally, the king acknowledges that Bartholomew is right. He begins sobbing and he says those magic words, I'm sorry. And then everything goes back to good. It goes back to how it was in the kingdom before. Suddenly the rain, snow, sunshine, and the fog didn't seem so bad. Now, of course, this book is fictional, but the king's inability to say, I'm sorry, is all too real for every one of us. Just like the guy who had ordered the pizza box or ordered the pizza and then opened the box upside down, that moment of realizing that you've done something wrong and then having to admit it and say sorry, sometimes it can be difficult to do. Occasionally it's not too stuff, like if you, or sorry, too tough. If you accidentally, you know, step on someone's toe, say, it's pretty easy to say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And you go on about your day and a few moments later, you just forget that it even happened. But more often than not, Saying I'm sorry is really hard to do. Maybe you're a parent with grown children. And as a parent, you've come to the realization that you chose other things over your children for most of their life. And now that your kids are grown and they have their own life, you're missing out. How do you ever say sorry for that? Or maybe you're somebody who has had a lifetime of friendship with somebody who you absolutely love, who has been there through the good and bad for you. They've been there through the laughs. They've seen you cry tears. And something ends up happening. Maybe it's a weakness, a bad judgment, a poor choice, whatever it is, but it betrays that lifetime of trust. How do you make amends during something like that? 
on those big, big moments that we mess up in our lives. We often carry guilt. We often carry shame. We, all, we so, so often wish that we could take back our actions or our words. And sometimes we can't. And it makes it really, really hard to say I'm sorry. I am often reminded of a phrase that my dad told me a lot when I was a little kid. I would get into trouble for something and say, I'm sorry and think everything would be just fine. And my dad would look at me and say, sorry doesn't cut it. I've actually said that same phrase to my own kids a few times. The words themselves, to say, I'm sorry, it's not like it's a tongue twister. It's not difficult to pronounce. The true difficulty lies in what saying them represents. A person who says these words in a very real or tough situation and actually means them has put him or herself into a position where they are completely vulnerable and they're willing to face humility. Yet the potential of saying these words has a very profound potential of a positive outcome. In the Sioux story, these two words saved the entire kingdom. In our world, those two words, they have the power to save what might seem like a wrecked or difficult marriage. It might seem like a wrecked or traumatic relationship between your family, maybe your own children. Those two words have the potential to heal a broken relationship between friendships. They have the potential to heal divisions in a community and to help unite people who have very, very different beliefs. Maybe help unite people who have said things about someone very different from them. Maybe that person was their enemy. But those two words have the potential to make it better, to make it right. Three little syllables. I'm sorry. Have the ability to mark a new beginning, a change of heart, to give a whole entire new direction. Sorry, even regret and compassion can come. But one thing that we must remember is that there's really two parts to making this happen. One is to be the person who's saying, I'm sorry. But the other is to be the person who is hearing, I'm sorry, and to accept those words. As hard as it is to say, I'm sorry to somebody, it can often be even more difficult to say, I forgive you. But without forgiveness, the I'm sorry just remains suspended. It's like it's waiting for a response that reestablishes the connection, that can fix what was broken. 
The Bible tells us that for those of us who do not forgive, we will not be forgiven. That might seem like it's some kind of a divine punishment, but I think it really leads more to the idea that it's a true statement of our spiritual and re emotional reality. See, what I mean by that is that if you do not know how to forgive others, then you will never be able to understand that freeing power that comes with forgiveness. And forgiveness, true forgiveness, can certainly take a lot of practice and a lot of spiritual maturity. But maybe, just maybe, as we all try to move toward that spiritual maturity in the United Methodist Church, moving towards that spiritual maturity, we think of it as this, we think of it as imperfect people who are striving for Christian perfection. Does that sound familiar? As we do that, as we seek that spiritual maturity, as we strive for Christian perfection, maybe we can all be reminded of this story of Bartholomew and the Ublek. Maybe we can remember how powerful the words of I'm sorry and I forgive you are. And we can practice them a little more and a little more. I mean, if King Derwin of Did can do it, surely we all can too. Amen. At this time, I invite each of you to get your communion elements that you have there at home, whether it be bread or crackers, whether it be juice or wine or water. Gather them together and prepare to join together in Holy Communion. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body that has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Christ took the cup. He gave thanks to you, almighty God, and then he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant that has been poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered today and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood.
And by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all of the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, I invite all of you to join me as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I do remind all of you that in the United Methodist Church, we practice open table. We believe that this is Christ's table, not our own. And so all are invited to partake in the gift of the bread and the juice as we remember Christ's sacrifice for us. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ given for you. Amen. I would invite you to join me in one final prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for the holy mystery the mystery that binds all of us together through your spirit as we remember Christ's sacrifice and love for each of us. We do this in remembrance of Christ as we join together in spirit, as we join together with brothers and sisters throughout the entire world. Lord, be with each of us. Let us fill your spirit. Let us feel your love. Let us know that you continue to work in each of our lives. Amen. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together in love. There is only one
bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together in love. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go forth in peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>